Thank you, Ryan, for leading us in those songs, Bobby, for the good prayer. Thank all of you for being here this morning. We're glad that you are with us. I think we especially have a, a few folks with us that are not here on a regular basis, at least. Thank you for your attendance. We're glad you're here. We'd love to have you every time that you can come. A bit cooler this morning, and maybe you're, uh, you're like me. I... I I have always been for the majority of my life, I am a warm weather person. I like that summer sun and, and I want it to stay warm just as long as it can. This year I've had a different attitude. It has been so hot so far into the the fall. I I, I am ready this year. I've got a different spirit this year. I'm ready for some cool weather, and so I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping that this morning is a, a sign of, uh, of things to come. But we're glad that you're with us this morning. The title of my lesson is just simply worldliness in the New Testament. We see the word world used in at least three ways that I could think of as I was trying to... Uh, get this sermon outline done, I could think of at least three ways world is used. One is the way Paul uses it in Acts chapter 17 and verse 24. Paul is in Athens, Greece. Remember, Athens was a, a very idolatrous city. There were, there were idols all over the place. And Paul said to those, those intellectual Athenians, he said, God that made the world and all things therein. In that passage, Paul is talking about the earth itself. God that made this earth and everything that is in it. But, in, but Jesus, in John 3 and verse 16, 16 excuse me, <clears throat> Jesus says there that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have life everlasting. In that passage, Jesus is talking about people. He's talking about the human race when he says the world. And then in 1 John 2 and verse 15, John says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. In that passage, John is talking about the material things of this world. And that's what we mean when we use the word worldliness. Worldliness is a, is a spirit that puts the material things of this world ahead of the spiritual things. It is a spirit that says the things that I can gain and, and accumulate and acquire while I am here on this earth are the most important things to me. Those are the things that really matter in my life. A person might cheat or steal to acquire those things for themselves, or they might acquire them perfectly, honestly, and, and legally. But that honest man can be just as worldly as that dishonest man. If they build their life around the things of the world, if those things in the world are the most important things to them in their life, 
then they are worldly. Even if they are a law-abiding citizen, they are still worldly. Jesus tells us a story in Luke chapter 12. The story begins about verse 16. Jesus tells us that the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And so he said within himself, What shall I do? I have no room to bestow all of my fruits. And so this is what he decides. This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. There I will bestow all my fruits and all of my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, and then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And verse 21 of that chapter says, So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. As far as Jesus tells us in that story, this man did not lie, he did not cheat, he did not steal to get what he had. And yet in God's eyes, he was still worldly because he built his life around worldly things. It was not wrong to be a good farmer. It's not wrong to be a good businessman. It's not wrong to just be a good money manager. You might be a factory worker or a, a school teacher, or, or a plumber, or an electrician, but you're really good at, at managing things. And so you've done pretty well in your life because you know how to handle those things. Well, that's a good thing. That's not bad. If you have that ability, that's a good thing. If you're planning for retirement, if you're planning for your, your children's education, that's, that's not bad. That's something you should be doing. But this man's concern, here in Luke chapter 12, his concern was only for the things of this world. And they, they crowded out any interest that he might have had in spiritual things. There wasn't room for both of them in, in his life. His priorities, and that's an important word, friends. His priorities, the things that really mattered to him personally. His priorities were all wrong. And he worshipped the God of materialism. Look with me at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and this is verse 5. This is what Paul writes here. Therefore, he says, put to death or put away from you your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And somebody might say, what in the world is Paul talking about? 
covetousness is not idolatry. They're not the same thing. Well, you see, when we begin to worship things, they become our God. It's just as though we are bowing ourselves down before a, a graven image of some kind because those things are so important to us, they essentially have become our God. And that's what we worship. And in that sense, covetousness is just like idolatry. This man prepared very well for the here and now. He did a really good job at that. But he forgot about the hereafter. And God said that he was a fool because of that. In our day, material things are still very, very important. We want, we want to have just the right house, drive the right car, and make sure we're, we're wearing just the right clothes. We, we need those designer clothes. We need the right tag uh, on those clothes so, so folks can see that what, what we're wearing and, and what we're driving and where we live. Appearances. Appearances are very important in our day. And, and you know what? It's, it's not wrong to have a comfortable house. We need a comfortable house. We certainly want to clothe our children properly, don't we? Sure, sure we do. And it's not wrong for us to be setting goals. This is where I want to be in 20 years. I want to be able uh, to, to put myself in a position to retire early and, and my wife and I can, can enjoy uh, the last few years of our life. That's not a bad thing, folks. That, there's not, nothing wrong with that. But when those things take up all of our time and all of our attention, so much so that we forget about God and we forget about the church and, and the importance of practicing the New Testament and, and making preparation so that our soul can spend eternity in heaven, when we forget about those things... Is it possible that God might say about us that we are a fool? I'll let you answer that one for yourself. You know, if this man, this man we're, we read about there in Luke 12, if this man would have included God in his plans, I, I could be giving an entirely different lesson this morning. If this guy would have said, thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings, I know that they all come down from above. I give you the glory and the honor and the praise for all of my blessings. And I'm going to, to use my blessings to do good. I'm going to help folks who are not as fortunate as I am. I'm going to use my blessings to, to help spread the borders 
of your kingdom. You have blessed me, Lord, and so I am going to try to be a blessing to other people. Thank you, Lord, for all of those blessings. I'm going to spread them around. I could be standing here this morning talking about what a great example this man was. I could be saying, look at that guy in Luke chapter 12 and try to be just like him. If he would have just included God in his plans. And you know what? He could have gone right on being a good farmer, uh, been a successful farmer, a successful businessman, and if he would have needed a new barn, he could have built him one. If he would have just included God. Look with me at 1 Peter chapter 2. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 9 and 10, Peter is writing to Christians here. This, is not, this passage is not written to, to people who are not members of the Lord's body. This passage is written to Christians. And this is what he says to us. He says, you, you Christians, you members of the church, you are a chosen generation. You understand that? You realize that? You're a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. His own special People, Wow, that's, that's who we are. God's own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That's, that's who we are, us Christian, just members of the church, a holy nation, God's own special people. Now, we have to live here in the world. We don't have any choice about that, but we must not be of the world. Christians have to be different from the world in general. Paul tells us in Romans 12 and verse 2, Romans 12 and verse 2, he makes it pretty clear. He says, be not conformed to this world. How much clearer could it get? But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? Well, we study God's Word and find out what He would have us to do. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to the world, he says. And John tells us in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. 1 John 2 and verse 15. John says, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. Now notice what he adds to that. If any man loves the world then the love of the Father is not in him. Brothers and sisters, if we love the world, God's not there. If we love the world, God is not there. I'll close this way. <clears throat> that special people, that holy nation that, that Peter was was talking about, 
they know the difference. They know the difference between those things that are temporary. We, we, we don't get to keep them. And those things that are eternal. They, they know the difference in those things. They, they know and they understand we need a certain amount of the material. Of course we do. We want to be comfortable. We want to be warm and dry. They know that we need those things, but they also know who gives us those blessings. They know where those blessings are from. And they give God the glory and the honor and the praise and the thanks for those things. And they know that whatever we might accumulate in this world, whatever it might be, they know that when we step into eternity, we leave it all behind. They know that the only thing that we get to keep is our eternal soul. And they are making the proper preparation to make sure that their soul is ready for that giant step into eternity. This morning, I'll ask you if you are putting God first in your life. And if you're thinking, well, T.A., maybe not first, but he's a close second, that's not good enough. God, God won't have second place. If, if we love the world, God is not there. He's first or He's not there at all. This morning, if you're not putting God first in your life, you can, you can change that. It's not too late. As long as you are here on this earth and you have breath, you can change that. If you've never obeyed the gospel, become a Christian. If you're willing to repent of your sins, to confess your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, to be immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins. You can become a member of the Lord's body. You come up out of the water a, 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 new, a new creature and you can, you can begin to put God first in your life. Perhaps you have obeyed the gospel. You were faithful uh, for a time. God, God was number one. But now for some reason God's number two or... Maybe number three or number four. God is sliding on down the list. Maybe that's happened to you. If it has, it's not too late to make a change. Throw off those things that, that caused you to, to replace God at the top of your list. Give, give up those things. Ask for the prayers of the faithful. We'll pray with you and pray for you. You can be restored while we stand and sing.